Hi, I'm Kiko Gomes, and I was 16 years old, and I go to Gila High School. I had three surgeries at ages four, five, and six. Um, it was a brain brain tumor, other known as craniopharyngioma, which is a medical term for it. Over the years, I gained many medical problems. Like I have a bone disease in my knee now called osteochondritis and it's where the bone deteriorates slowly over the years. So walking for me is getting really hard that time in a wheelchair now. My toughest struggle is in school, getting around in the wheelchair is hard for me. Um, just trying to move around in school is struggling because there's areas in school that I can't get through. The way I keep joy is um, spending time with my family and doing things that I like to do and just giving it to the Lord. It's all you can do really is just give it to the Lord because when you give it to the Lord, He lifts all the weight that's on your shoulders from stress of, oh, what's gonna happen if the surgery doesn't go well? There's times where I get down and I try not to let people see it because I know that when people see me down, it makes them feel down. So to keep it up, I just pray because that's the only way I talk to the Lord. Pray and read his word and talk to people that will encourage me to read his word. So I've known Koa for a few years now. And one thing that I love, love, love about Koa is that whenever he comes to Relentless, he always has a big smile on his face. Um, you could never tell that anything's wrong or even if something is happening that day to him. He never does show it because he always has so much joy, so much laughter. And the way he just comes up and just says hi to everyone is just so loving. I know that it's a challenge for him daily, um, just going through whatever he's going through, but he never does let his circumstance um, just consume him and who he is and who God wants him to be. Yeah, I think of heaven. Me and my family, we always talk about it at home whether, oh, what is heaven going to be about? What are we going to be able to do? It says in the Bible that when we get to heaven, we're going to have new bodies. And that's one of the most things I'm excited about because maybe I'm not going to be able, I'm, I'm not going to be in a wheelchair and I'll be able to walk and run around with everybody else. And to see all the beautiful animals and play with them and not be eaten by them was another thought that we would always think of. When, when you see Koa, and, and, and he's, to me, he's just a story of, of a person who has so much faith, no matter what their circumstances may be. And he just gives me hope. He gives me, he, he, uh, he constantly reminds me to put my faith in check. And I just love this kid so much. And uh, I know that whatever God, you know, we always say that, you know, whatever God brings you to, He'll get you through it. And with Koa, he's a living, he's a living testimony to it. So I knew Kikoa since he was born. So I don't know when he met me, but uh, there's this one night uh, he asked for prayer. And so I prayed for him. Uh, we were in the prayer room and, uh, and I asked him, what do you want me to pray for specifically? He said, well, I just had brain surgery. And so uh, I want to just ask God for healing and, and, and things like that. I said, brain surgery? What are you doing up here at church? And so his mom said, that's what I told him. I, I, 
I told him, you need to stay home and rest. Stay home and rest. Um, but he really wanted to come up here and be at church. And so his mom said, you know what? If this is where you want to be, we're going to drive to church. And which was fine. He wasn't in the type of condition where he couldn't go to places. It's just where he wanted to be. But I, after I prayed for him, I said, Kikoi, you got to go home. You know, God sees your heart for him, but you're going to have people hugging you and wanting to talk to you and things like that. You really need to rest. And so I told him, I said, Kikoi, before you start relaxing, uh, and you might fall asleep because you look tired right now, um, please walk to the car because I'm not carrying you. I don't want to have to carry you to the car. And so I helped him to the car, and, and, uh, and of course he went home, and God brought great healing to his body. But one thing I, I really, one, one thing that really stands out to me is how Kekoa is able to see the greater things in life. That we live in a temporary world, but we serve an eternal God. And we live in a world that uh, we have hurts and pains, but there will come a day where we will be in a perfect place called heaven. No more pain, no more suffering. And so I really appreciate him, uh, really appreciate Kekoa that he teaches me to be thankful in life, to value other people. And he's that kind of person. He loves people, but he also loves God. And, you, and that's evident in his life. So thank you, Kekoa, for, for teaching us how to be people who just love God as well as love this life that we live in today. Um, the main thing for if anybody else is going through this, I want them to know that there's always someone that got their back. There's always someone watching over them no matter what. And never to feel down or lonely or anything because Jesus is always here for us and he's always watching over us. And all we have to do is pray and ask the Lord for everything or anything we need and he'll be there to help us and to read your Bible because that's what's gonna encourage you to stay strong in your faith and keep it up. What a hope we have in Jesus. I mean, just the thought of someone like Kekoa to live a life that he's living and still have that joy looking forward to the wonderful things that God has for him, really teaches us something. And, and that's what this series is about. We're rediscovering all the possibilities that God has for us. So we want to say thank you to Kekoa once again. Can we just thank him and his family? And then congratulations to those who are water baptized. For you, we have your uh, baptism certificates at our information center. You can pick that up right after service. But really, that's what this, this series is, is kind of we're hoping for in this series is that we would all catch that heart of rediscovering certain things that may have been lost in our hearts along the journey of life. And today, we're going to be talking about rediscovering heaven because sometimes we, we get stuck in this temporary world with a temporary mentality that says, this is all we have. And so we, we settle for second best because we think this is all that there is to offer in this world. But God has so much more for us that he has a place called heaven. So we should be people, as believers, the most joyful people because we have eternity to look forward to. We have loved ones to look forward to. Those who have passed on before us, who gave their hearts to God, you know, there's a joy that awaits us. But until then, let's rediscover some things. 
We have a, a friend of mine. His name is Pastor John Phelan. He and his wife, Denise, pastor a church in West Salem in Oregon, a West Salem Foursquare Church. And I've asked him to come and speak. So he's going to be a guest speaker today. But he's more than that. He's family. Uh, he has, they have four children. And he's going to be here for a couple of days. And so he's just relaxing, spending time in, in, on our island and, and getting sunburned a little bit. But he, <laughs> you're fine. Uh, and, and just enjoying himself. But I, I thought, why don't we just welcome such a wonderful man who loves God, who has a great journey ahead of him. Pastor John Phelan, yeah. could you come up and speak to us this morning? Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I told him we hug a lot here in Hawaii. Boy, do you so, ever. Yeah, this is. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Kylie and Amaya, thank you so much. Thank you very much, sweetie. Okay. Yeah, well, have fun. Enjoy. Thank you Thanks for being so much. here. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Well, it's a joy to be with you this morning. I, 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 here's what I want you to do. I want you to just turn to your neighbor and I want you to say, aren't you glad I'm here? Just say that to your neighbor right now. I am glad you're here. I'm glad to be with you. I, I did get sunburned yesterday. I, I am so crispy right here. Um, you know, in, in the shower this morning, the water hit my forehead and it felt like lava, okay, was pouring over my head. I, I had not seen the sun in about six months. Uh, we're from the northwest, I mean northwest, and um, it rains all the time. There's never any sun there in Oregon, ever. Don't ever visit there. You'll never love it. You'll never want to stay. It's terrible. Um, and, and so I come here, and I'm so excited. I didn't bring a cap. I didn't bring lotion. I brought nothing. I just uh, decided to just go out and hike to the lava. Uh, I've seen your black sand. I've seen your green sand. What other sand do you... What other colors of sand do you have here? I just... This is... You have white sand, too? I have to find this white sand. And... Uh, no, I've been all over, and it's been fun. It's been great. And I'm such a... Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm such a a guy that loves to go out and play, and this has been a great island to go play, and now we get to get into the scripture, and I love the Bible. How many love the Bible? I love the Word of God. We're going to get into the Word of God. I'm grateful for the chance to be with you, and uh, Pastor Sheldon and Heidi, great folks, and we love them, and, and I want to jump into the scripture today. I'm excited to be able to talk on this topic of heaven, uh, but I'm going to let you know that I'm not going to dive too deeply into this topic of heaven for the reasons of there's just so much that we get to yet discover when we get there. How many are excited to get there? Right, we want to be there, and I think it's going to blow all of our minds. It's just going to blow our minds. It's going to be so incredible. But what I want to do is I want to talk about the approach to heaven. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. Don't turn there, but I want to just let you know that it says that God has set or he has put eternity into the hearts of humanity. In other words, we have this God-given awareness that there's something more than this transient world, as beautiful as it is, as this transient world around us. For us as followers of Jesus Christ, we know that one day we're going to dwell with him for eternity. Everyone say eternity. For an eternity. In other words, we have this direction set within our hearts. It's almost like an internal or an a eternal GPS system within us that lets us know that we're headed towards heaven. The coordinates have been set for heaven. 
They've been triangulated. They have been calibrated by the Father, by the Son, by the Holy Spirit, and and by God's Word, as we're going to look at in a moment, and by God's presence, as we've felt this morning already in worship. And I know that as we think about our GPS unit, and I've been living by the GPS unit on my phone because I don't know this island very well. You probably think to yourself, you do not need a GPS on this island. Okay, it's pretty easy. But for me, I'm brand new here, and I don't know where I'm going, and so I've got to set my GPS. But we got to places on this island, South Point in particular, where the GPS just stopped working. There was interference, wasn't there? There just was no more triangulation happening there. And I wonder how many of us have interference in our own lives where we've got things that get in the way from allowing us to really see the direction that we're supposed to be going. I think of of sin in my own life. I think of shame in my own life. These get in the way. They lead to confusion. They begin to lead us off track. I know what the Bible says. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. In other words, left to our own devices, we're going to get lost. We don't know where we're going to end up. But we've got the Father, and the Father gave us his son, Jesus, and Jesus points the way to the Father, and he clears out all the interference, doesn't he? Jesus is this way in which the lost are found. And I want to read about Jesus today. I want to take you to the scripture and, and rediscover heaven, but also rediscover Jesus, the one who's preparing this place for us. And, and more importantly, I want to talk about the pathway that we can experience heaven, both now and then into eternity. So if you have your Bibles or your app in front of you, let's go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. The book of John, written by John, not myself, by the way, I did not write this. John chapter 14, in case you were wondering, starting in verse 1 and reading on through verse 14. Let's look at the text together, and then we're going to dive in. Scripture says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus says. My Father's house has many rooms, and if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and I'll take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas, he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, and I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. And Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and that'll be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe me, or the evidence, rather, of the works themselves. Verse 12 says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name 
so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Matter of fact, let's ask the Lord in Jesus' name to do something in our hearts right now. Let's pray. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus to you, Father God, that you would speak to us now through your word. The things that we ask of you in your name right now, we pray that you would accomplish. May your purposes be accomplished in and through us in these moments we have together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? You know, in the passage that I've just read, we heard from Thomas. We've heard from Philip, two individuals. But in the larger context of this passage of Scripture, I I want you to know that there's a couple more guys that show up. Two more guys that show up in this passage, and all of them were wandering. All of them were lost. You can go back in the text and you can read about Peter. If you're in chapter 13, you look at verse 36. Peter says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus responds by saying, I'm going to prepare a place for you. That's what's what's happening right now. Then we read about Thomas and Thomas says, well, how can we even know the way? And Jesus says, listen, I'm the way to the Father. And then you've got Philip who pipes in. Okay, we read about him in verse 8. He says, well, show us the way to the Father. That'll be enough for us. And Jesus says, man, I and the Father are one. If you see me, you're seeing the Father. And then if you fast forward, go down into verse 22 of chapter 14, you see an individual named Judas. Now, this is not, the Bible tells us, Judas of Iscariot. We know he's the one who betrayed Jesus, right? So this is a different Judas. And this Judas says, Why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the rest of the world? And by now, if you could just picture Jesus, he's got to be flabbergasted, right? Jesus has just got to be thinking, why do you not get this? Oh, what's happening? You keep asking me these questions. Where are you going? Who are you? Who's the Father? Show us the Father. Why are you only revealing yourself to a few of us and not to everyone? And I wonder if Jesus is just going, oh, How long have I been with you? Why are you not picking this up? And I wonder if those disciples responded in a way that probably a lot of us would respond. You know, like, Jesus, I know I don't get it. I'm lost. I'm confused. How many have ever felt deeply, deeply confused and lost before? Right? I can think back to a number of times where Denise and I, my wife, have been out on just little road trips. We've left the kids at home or we got a sitter with the kids and And we decided to go for a drive. And three times something specific happened. I want to tell you about what happened to us three times. We were out for a drive and this was prior to having a cell phone at the time. And and, uh, we would just go in places and and we had to get to a specific location, but we kept getting lost. Now, I want everyone to close their eyes and I want to just see the hands of the men who have ever gotten lost before. And I, I don't want to embarrass you, but just close your eyes. Raise your hand, guys. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Praise God. Thank you for your boldness. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Okay, we're in this together, aren't we, guys? Men get lost, don't we? But we'll never admit it. We'll never admit it. And there was something that happened three times, the most unbelievable, sovereign thing that took place. I've been driving with Denise the first time, and I was getting so frustrated. She would tell me, just pull over at a gas station. But I know, I'm going to go to that gas station. I'm going to hear them say, go to this place and make a right, then make two lefts, and then just turn around and stand in one leg and pat your belly and all kinds of stuff. And then I'm going to get to the car, 
and I'm not going to remember anything they've told me. And so I'm like, no, I'm not stopping at a gas station. I'm just going to keep going. I think I know where I'm at. And we kept passing the same thing over and over and over. And I would get so frustrated because my wife, who loves Jesus and she loves me, she's a very kind person, she'll be your next service. But, but I'll tell you what, she was making me so mad. I'm like, just no, I'm, I'm a man. Just stop telling me to pull over. And I got so frustrated, I just turned on the radio. I turned on the radio really loud just to kind of block her out. How many guys have ever done this? Okay, let's be really honest this morning. Okay, three times I got lost. Three times I was frustrated and I just turned on the radio. Three times, hear me, I'm not embellishing this story. Three times the same song was on the radio. First time we didn't think much of it. Second time something just kind of clicked. We're like, that's weird. Third time, we had to pull over and get out of the car. We were just heaving. We're like, oh my goodness, we couldn't stop laughing. Three times this song, you all know what song it is. I know you do. It's the only song that the Lord would use to speak to my heart. Three times I turned on the radio. Three times blaring out of our speaker system. In our car, I heard this song, and you're going to want to sing along with me. I know you will because you know it. You know which one I'm already going to say. Three times. This song came on, that wonderful song by Bill Medley and Jennifer Warners that sang, and I had the time of my life. No, I've never felt this way before. Never felt this way. Oh, it's true. You know this one? And I owe it all to you. Oh, I, I had right? Unbelievable. Couldn't believe it. Three times that song came on. I tell you, men get lost. So do gals, by the way. You just don't admit it. Neither do men, but you don't admit it either. We get lost, don't we? We find ourselves in places where we don't know where we're going. And I wonder if we're a lot like these disciples. These disciples that didn't know where they were going, they lacked direction, and Jesus came along and says, I am the way. They, they had a propensity to fall for lies and for deception like we do, right? And Jesus comes along and says, no, 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 I'm the truth. These are individuals just like us that would get depleted emotionally and they would get depleted spiritually. And Jesus looks at them as he looks at us and he says, I am the life for you. Now, I want you to know what's most important. I think the most important word, if you're looking at verse 6, if you're looking at verse 6 where Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, I think the most important word in that entire sentence, there's a lot of important words. You can say, well, it's life, it's, it's truth, it's way. It's when Jesus says, I. I think the most important word in that entire sentence is the. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Max Lucado, a great writer, has said this in one of his books. He says, as long as Jesus is one of many options, he is no option. As long as you can carry your burdens alone, you don't need a burden bearer. As long as your situation brings you no grief, you will receive no comfort. And as long as you can take him or leave him, you might as well leave him because he won't be taken half-heartedly. 
Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Jesus plus nothing equals everything, right? Oh, I know this is early this morning, but there's got to be more than one. Jesus plus nothing <laughs> equals everything. Am I right? Everything. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And in saying those things to us, for us to rediscover heaven, the eternity that we have in him, we've got to know a few things about that. I think he was revealing some important things. If you're taking notes, follow along. The first is that Jesus is our point of entry. Jesus is our point of entry. He is the way. Jesus says this in chapter 14, it's verse 7. He says, if you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. So, if you're looking, I wonder if Jesus would have said this. If you're looking for the stairway to heaven, friends, Led Zeppelin didn't know where it was. Okay? Only I know where it is. I'm the stair to God. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, it says, whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. By the way, that's the voice of the Spirit. You ever been convicted of sin? You ever heard a still, small voice and just in your heart that just says, don't go that way, go this way? That's the voice of the Spirit. It's reminding us of the words, reminding us of the life of Jesus, who is the point of entry to the Father. The Spirit points to Jesus. Jesus points to the Father. If you want to enter into eternal life in heaven forever, then you've got to go the right way. It's through Jesus. He's the door. Friends, he's the door. He's the door of a couple things. He's the door of, I'm going to say the door of division. Now, what does that mean? Well, you're either on one side or you're on the other, right? You're either in or you're out. It's that simple. The scripture says there are sheep and there are goats. There are shepherds and there are robbers. And at some point, you and I are going to have to deal with this issue of the door of division, this door of what we'll call it this way, the door of exclusivity. That Jesus is the only way to the Father. There are not many ways to the Father. We have to wrestle with this, don't we? Because we live in this culture. You and I all live in this culture. It's a bumper sticker coexist culture, right? It's this idea of, a, of kind of a spiritual smorgasbord. Just pick and choose whatever you want. It's this society that we live in where everyone gets a trophy, right? We never want to fear being intolerant. We never want to appear, rather. We have a fear of being intolerant. Friends, it's not enough to say that the only thing that matters is that a person is sincere in their belief. Listen, if you are sincerely wrong, then it doesn't count. Okay, sincerity in the wrong thing is worthless. And I know this kind of talk can be sketchy for guest speakers. I know it's not a popular church growth technique, to come up and say that Jesus is the only way. Some of you may be saying, oh, that seems a little harsh. That seems a little cold. I wish I could tell you that there are a bunch of doors. I wish I could tell you there are a bunch of ways. I wish I could emphatically declare that there isn't a hell and all dogs go to heaven. But I can't because Jesus didn't. By the way, the dogs may make it to heaven, but cats certainly won't, okay? <laughs> There's... 
There's a place designated for them where there's gnashing of teeth and wailing, yes, right? It was Jesus who called himself the way. Take it up with him. I didn't write it. And when you do, be prepared to have to make a decision because that door is not only a door of division, but it's also a door of decision. You can't be ambivalent about Christ. You have to decide. You have to open the door. You have to walk through it. This isn't let's make a deal. It's let's make a decision. You can't look at door number one, door number two, door number three and go, which one do I want to pick? No, at some point you have to decide to walk through the door of Jesus. He is the way. Amen? Amen. Secondly, I know this to be true, is that Jesus is our model for integrity. He is the truth. The truth. Over in John chapter 8, it's in verse 32, Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you, what? Free. Go a couple verses later in John 8, 43, it says, why don't you understand what I say? Jesus says, why don't you understand what I say? And then he answers his own question. He answers his own question by saying, you do not understand that your father, this is harsh words here, but these are Jesus' words, your father is the devil, and in him there is no truth. He is the father of lies. And then Jesus goes on and says, I tell you the truth, but you don't actually believe me. You know, someone once said this. They said, a lie can travel halfway around the world while truth is still putting on its shoes. Isn't that, isn't that the case in our society? You look at lies. You look at what the big thing now is fake news, Right? And it's traveling all over before, before the truth can even lace up its shoes. We have the hardest time telling truth from a lie because, frankly, we've been swimming in this pool for so long. We're unsure of what is actually true. We hear things that, that sound like truth, but we know they're not. I can think about a story of a guy who uh, had been convicted uh, of, of a bank robbery. And after this two-week trial... The jury came back and they asked the jury foreman, they said, you know, has, have you reached a, a verdict regarding the four counts of bank robbery? And he stood and he declared, we find the defendant not guilty of four counts of bank robbery. The family, the friends all gathered around, they're jumping up and down, they're excited. And, and the lawyer, the attorney looks to the man that had been convicted and looks at that man and says, well, what do you think about this? And dumbfounded. His face, he just looked confused. And he looked at the attorney and says, well, what does this mean? Does this mean I get to keep the money or do I have to give it back? <laughs> Think about the world we're living. We're, 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 we're seated upon a throne of lies, aren't we? And the truth becomes veiled and the truth becomes hidden. But Jesus declares, he declared it over 70 times in the Gospels. He says, I tell you the truth. And here in John chapter 14, he says, I am the truth. Boy, Jesus always knows how to kick it up a notch, doesn't he? I tell you the truth and now I'm telling you, I'm not only saying what is true, but I actually embody the truth. He is the way, he is the truth, and lastly, he is the life. If you're taking notes, write this down. Jesus is our basis for reality. 
our basis for reality. Would you agree that the whole concept of reality has been pretty skewed in our culture, right? Think about like reality TV. What is that really? How many know that's just a bunch of shows that are scripted to look like reality? They fake us out. They confuse us. Or think about virtual reality when you put on those things. How many of you ever put on one of those virtual reality masks and you bump into walls and you bump into things, right? We think about all of the reality TV. You think about Honey Boo Boo. You think about Dog the Bounty Hunter. You think about Uncle Cy. You think about all these guys and gals that are giving us, quote unquote, reality. But let's admit it. This isn't reality. It's fake, it's forced, it's filmed. I think we need something more. How many would agree? We need something more than that. We need something more than what is forced, what is faked, what is, what is filmed. John chapter 6, Jesus spoke some really tough things to the crowds. And these crowds of, of listeners, they started to, to bail out. He was saying some difficult things and they started, ah, forget it, we're going to go, we're heading to home. They wanted something more, I guess. They wanted something more flashy. And I love how Jesus yelled to the crowds. He says, the words I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. And then he asked the disciples, he says, do you want to leave me too? You want to go? You want to go? You want to go? It was Simon Peter who says, Lord, where would we go? Where are we going to go? You're the only one that holds the words to eternal life. Bonnie had a bunny. A little rabbit and all the neighbors knew about these rabbits. And and one day, one of the neighbors had their cat dragging Bonnie's bunny dead into their backyard. (gasps) Oh, no. This neighbor just knew Bonnie was going to be so, so sad. This little girl looking at her dead bunny. And, and so what did the neighbor do? The best thing that they could think of doing, they took the bunny, they brought it in the sink. It was dead, but they cleaned it up. They put soap and water and they fluffed. They blew dry all over the blue, blue dry. Okay, and then blow dry. And uh, they, they fluffed up this bunny and, and they got it all cleaned up. And in the middle of the night, they went back out to the cages, to little cages where they keep the bunnies. And they opened one of the cages and they pushed Bonnie's bunny inside and they propped it up. They got it all sitting up just right, made it look like it was alive. The next day, they go out in the backyard and they look across the fence and all of these neighbors are gathered around Bonnie's bunny's cage. And they're just, they're cheering. They're just so excited. And the neighbors are thinking, oh, we better go over there and check out what's going on. They went over there and said, the friend said, you won't believe it. You won't believe it. It's a miracle. Bonnie's bunny passed away a few days ago, and we buried little Bonnie's bunny right over there. <laughs> Praise God. Look what happened, right? Now, friends, how many of you know there are just things that have the appearance of life, but they don't actually have life within, Right? And you could clean it up, you could blow dry it, you could prop it up even. But there are some things that you can't fix. Eternal life is one of those. You could look good on the outside, but on the inside you may be dying. Friends, you need Jesus, and I need Jesus. He's the only one that's preparing a place for us. He's the only one that can give us eternal life. 
Friends, if you're depleted emotionally, if you're depleted physically, spiritually, then rediscover the life that's found in Jesus. If you're prone to fall for lies and deception, then then rediscover today the truth that's found in Jesus. If you lack direction, like we all tend to do, if you get lost spiritually, then let's rediscover the way of Jesus to the Father. I want to pray with you in just a moment, but I want to tell you this. Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven, but he's preparing it for those that have prepared a place for him in our hearts. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the grace and the truth that you speak to us through your word, and we believe, Lord, that you are these things. This is not just a cute turn of phrase, Lord. This is the way that you functioned. You functioned as life for us. You functioned as truth. And you functioned as the only way to the Father. And there are some, I believe today, Lord, that would have to come to a point of of reconciling whether or not they know this way, they know the truth, they know the life. And and Lord, I just would stand in a point of agreement with those that would say, "I, I don't know this way. Or I've gotten off the path. I've veered from the left to the right and I'm not listening to the voice of spirit, but I am right now. Right now I'm hearing God speak to my heart. And church, loved ones today, would you take a moment just to prepare a place within your heart for Jesus? He's preparing a place for you in heaven. It'd be a great honor to pray with you today if if you're saying, Pastor, I, I, I want to know this Jesus that you speak of, or, or I have known him, but I have walked away and I'm not serving him any longer, and I'm here this morning and I, and I want to I come back. I want to come back to this one who is preparing a place for me. If you'd like to pray about that, would you just lift a hand if you want to make Jesus Lord of your life today, Savior and King. If you're saying, I want to say yes to Jesus because I believe he said yes to me. I'm just going to look all across this auditorium. And if today you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, let's pray and believe and agree. I see in the back. And yeah, I got you as well, ma'am. And you too. You as well. Any others today? Yeah, both hands. Praise God. Yes, you as well. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just stand in agreement with these that are praying this prayer that are making you their way, their truth, and their life today. Minister to their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray.